Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm your host, Ed Clementi, and welcome to the show. We're fortunate to have a friend and a guest, uh, Angela Flood. She's the Director of Business Planning for the American Center for Mobility. Welcome to the show, Angela. Thank you so much for having me, Ed. Well, you and I have worked together on a couple other things, and uh, I'm so fortunate that you're here today. I appreciate you doing this. Well, thanks for having me. So let's start out with the American Center for Mobility. I know that's a mouthful, as uh, and, and I know you'll refer to it as ACM probably throughout the show, but why don't you tell people who've never heard of it what it means? Sure. Uh, the American Center for Mobility is a purpose-built, sustainable mobility and transportation testing facility. And we are located on the uh, historic Willow Run site, which is in Ypsilanti Township, Michigan, in Southeast Michigan. We're essentially between Ann Arbor and Detroit. And uh, we've, we've taken over this site. Um, there used to be a GM plant here before, right before we were here. And uh, before that, it was a number of other things, starting with Henry Ford, where he built B-24 bombers on the site. So it's been a, a facility, it's been a site that's been used for manufacturing for 80 years. And uh, now we are, are here operating uh, the next generation of sustainable transportation and mobility. Yeah, it's, in fact, it's hard to go through a World War II history book without seeing a picture of the plant because they were producing all those planes so fast there. Yes, it, it, was, the, it was the largest building in the world when it was built um, under roof. Um, not not tallest, of course, but um, it was it was almost a mile long when it was. <laughs> wow, I didn't even know that. Yeah. yeah. And that building is no longer here. Um, and so we have repurposed the site for a testing center, essentially. Yeah. And I remember even back before you guys even started in the legislature, we were trying to help sort of because it was a brownfield site, too, I think, at one point, too. Uh, yes, it, it is a brownfield site. Um, most of it is still a brownfield site. And the state of Michigan, um, and especially the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, you know, really helped uh, clean up the site. There were just a lot of legacy issues with, with anything that's been operational, you know, for almost 100 years. You're just going to have a lot of issues because things were done differently in the past, right? And you, you, when you know more, you do better. And the state of Michigan um, has really put um, a lot of effort into cleaning up the chemical contamination on the site and protecting the watershed um, for generations to come. Yeah, and and I know that you know honestly, as someone who used to do a lot of economic development on the ground, like how important the brownfield sites. And it's so I'm just so glad, even when I was a legislator, how how much you guys were were the ACM site was being retrofitted because it was such a great use for it. And and why don't you kind of tell a little bit about how you how people actually use the site too currently? Sure, absolutely. So. Um, the way that people use, essentially the AC, ACM takes up 
500 acres, more or less, um, on this site. So it's a it's quite a huge site. And so what happened was that the plant, which was extremely old, was torn down, and the plant slab is still there. And so we, along uh, with the state of Michigan, built a number of roads. The state of Michigan loaned us some state roads that were no longer needed. And then we went and built new roads to connect those roads into new road systems. And so essentially you have um, a big site that has high speed uh, roads that have lower speed areas. And they're really not just roads, they're, they're testing environments. So people who live in the state of Michigan are usually familiar with um, automotive test facilities. You know, they're just, you know, very large facilities where it looks like cars are just driving around. Um, but that's but that's really only part of what's happening here. So not first, the first layer is the road systems, which you need to have um, you know, vehicles of all types uh, doing different tests. And the second part of that is that you have and uh, you have an ITS layer, a communications layer above all of that. So we have high-speed broadband, um, you know, working on getting 5G to the site. You know, we have DSRC units, which are roadside units that send messages directly to vehicles. And so you, it's not just the vehicles driving around, right? You can almost do that anywhere, but it's really the vehicles interacting with other objects in their environment and communicating with those issues. And so, um, or communicating with that technology. So now then you add to that a whole set of simulation tools, which we are working on deploying. It's um, along with our partner Deloitte. And so you have this, you know, whole center that enables really end-to-end development and testing of various types of smart vehicles and smart infrastructure. Yeah, we've had some previous guests on that did little bits of that, but like you're probably the first guest we've ever had that really talks about like sort of where the rubber hits the road, right? Uh, the um, But I know we've done a lot of folks with edge computing and all that data that's being collected. We've had people talk a little bit about LIDAR and radar. And so could you talk a little bit about why it's important to capture that data, you know, a little bit? Well, as far as what the companies are doing with the data, you know, they are they're using uh, they're using the data to develop their products and to figure out how their vehicles, you know, I may say cars or I may say vehicles because it's it's all sorts of sustainable mobility. Right. But I, I think what's important about about ACM is that, you know, we provide a shared facility for companies to come together and collect this data, for example, or we provide a shared a set of shared infrastructure where companies can come and develop the product. These these sorts of facilities are much too expensive for everyone to have their own facility. And only the really, you know, the very biggest OEMs or the very very biggest tier ones have their own testing and development facilities, but even then they may not have all the, you know, infrastructure needed for connected vehicles for example. And so, you know, certainly startups and smaller companies um, are not going to build this type of facility. And so we are here in Southeast Michigan and we provide a place 
for different companies to come and to work on their particular projects. And, you know, but we do it in a shared manner, but it's also a very private manner, right? Um, So companies can access different parts of the test track at different times, you know, or they can come here together to collaborate with other partners. And that's really the value that we provide. So we're not collecting anyone's data, right? Um, But, you know, the, of course, data is the next part of the auto industry. And you mentioned sustainable a couple of times, but I see sort of on your resume, you went to the, is it the Herb School for Global Sustainability? It was the Herb Institute for Global Sustainability, which is a joint program for the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan and the School of Environment and Sustainability. So um, really, you know, I'm interested in sustainability from all aspects, but especially how we can develop infrastructure and you know, seamlessly in a way that is going to support the future. So, you know, with infrastructure and vehicles, you know, you're, you're interacting with that every time you step out of your house onto a sidewalk, um, every time you get in your own vehicle, but most importantly, whenever you order something online and it shows up at your house, there's so much behind that supply chain from shipping to ports to over-the-road trucking, you know, and as how how does that get to your house, right? And that's, a, for me, the most exciting thing um, about sustainable transportation is working on the intermodality and the handoffs between all that, all, all of that infrastructure. And, you know, thankfully, you know, ACM is so big and we have all the different, um, you know, high speed areas with low speed areas. So there, there's a lot of, there is a lot of intermodality work that can actually take place here. Yeah. And, and I know I've been out there just once or twice, but uh, you have a lot of like even unusual structures, you know, in the area for, to, to do this training, right. It's like a little town almost. Well, we do. Um, we so so the American Center for Mobility is fully configurable. So the most important thing about testing is that you have to be able to create the situation that you're going to the vehicle is going to have to act in, and so we call this the ODD. So how fast is it going? What is it going to interact with? What types of um, what types of situations is it going to encounter, right? What type are, are there going to be pedestrians? Are, if some, if a vehicle is on the highway, um, usually you wouldn't encounter a pedestrian, but once in a while, and that would be called an edge case, right? I mean, we've all been on the highway and seen a random person, you know, their car has broken down or, or something has happened. And, and so the vehicle needs to be able to react to that, even yeah. if even if that's not something that happens in normal operation. And so, you know, the thing about physical testing is that um, it's, you can actually create these edge cases in a very controlled and safe environment. And so at, at ACM, the next level that we provide, the, the next layer of support is that we have all of these robotic targets. Um, we have a variety of pedestrians, pedestrians that, that look like they're walking. So they're what's called articulated. Um, we have a variety of cars that are made of foam and they look like a car 
to a vehicle that's that is testing here. But then if something happens, uh, you're not running into a real car. And so, you know, the stakes are significantly lower, of course, in a facility like ours. Right. Especially in Michigan, we have a lot of deer too. So you never know. And that's right. That's right. There are. And, you know, and, and if you think about all the different areas of the United States um, or even the world, right. I mean, in some areas of the country, you may be encountering different types of wildlife, right. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a deer, right. It could right. be small. Or, and you or really large. are testing for the globe because you want to, whoever these products, you get a lot of international companies too, that might use your facilities, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we have, um, we, we have a lot of partners that, that helped us start the American Center for Mobility, you know, great, great partners. And they've announced additional investments in our facility. You know, Toyota has, um, they, they rent garages here. Um, but they essentially are doubling their footprint at ACM and they're building a purpose built building here. Um, so they have announced that and they've made an additional uh, investment in our facility. I believe an additional $6 million investment in our facility as far as using our facility. Uh, Daimler Trucks has a partnership with us where, you know, they make these amazing commercial vehicles, um, you know, the Freightliner brand, uh, the Detroit diesel brand, you know, for example, and they've been able, they, they have their vehicles out here and, you know, they've been able to use our facility in a slightly different way. So they're able to showcase how these vehicles operate with all of the advanced technology that are on them. They're able to bring their customers here and their customers are able to actually get in and experience each of those types of vehicles where in a normal city situation, it's difficult to drive a commercial vehicle down a street a lot of times, um, let alone, you know, 12 different kinds, right, including, you know, a class eight vehicle. And so, you know, we're able to safely deploy and test and demonstrate different types of vehicles here. And so that's really, that's really exciting. But of course, you know, any automotive company is welcome to come here and do test and development activities or showcase activities to to show their products or to interact with potential customers, for example, on our site. And I mean, uh, do you have any other partners or uh, future stakeholders that are kind of helping you out beyond those? Um, oh, of course, we we have a lot of partners. So all of our founding partners were 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 companies that came in originally to help start the facility because this type of facility, in economic development terms, it's called a public private partnership, which means that you know it has support both from the state but also from private companies. Um, you know, this type of facility could not wholly be started just by the state of Michigan. The investment would be very large, but but also you need that and you need industry involved because industry needs to inform what you're going to build. Right. We, we built test environments that were for industry to the specifications of industry. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. So let's uh, go to what you think are probably some of the future disruptors or trends too, as you think are on the horizon for you guys. 
Oh, wow. I, I think uh, cybersecurity is a, is a, is a huge one. Um, and I know a guess that you ask a lot is you ask people to give advice, you know, to their high school selves. And, you know, I would say for anyone um, who's listening, who's thinking about a career, um, you know, cybersecurity is certainly one to look into. And Michigan has amazing training programs in cybersecurity. Um, I, I, I also think that fuels are very important. So we talk about electric vehicles and, you know, we talk about alternative fuel vehicles. Um, you know, there's a lot of interest in hydrogen, of course, from the federal government. Um, it's going to take, you know, a really comprehensive approach to make sure that we have the infrastructure for hydrogen. But hydrogen has the potential to store all of this renewable energy that or that we're that we are producing because hydrogen is an energy carrier. It is not an energy source. And I, th I think that, you know, a concentration on fuels and looking at mobility um, as a well to wheels sort of activity. You know, um, we used to think of the vehicle industry as just, well, someone makes cars and someone buys them. But now you really have to look at, okay, we have to produce the infrastructure. We have to, you know, where are we going to get the fuel? What are sustainable fuels, you know, and how is that going to impact people's lives? How are, what are the operating models? You know, everything is changing. And so now we can't just look at one piece of it. We have to look at the entire ecosystem and the entire supply chain at the exact same time. Yeah, I know Toyota is really big into uh, fuel cells too. They've published several papers about it, how they still are committing a big chunk of their research to it. Too. Yeah, Toyota, you know, is is one of the, you know, hydrogen's been around a long time, but, you know, Toyota is one of the first companies to commercially deploy fuel cells on a large scale. Um, just so you know, yeah. yeah, my nephew just graduated from high school and he did go into cybersecurity, computer science program. Look at so, that, Ed. You're full of good advice. I told him to do it too, but I didn't know if he'd listen. As a kid, <laughs> they don't all listen. But um, is there anything else you wanted to give yourself advice for when you went to back to school, if you could go talk to yourself in a time machine? You know, I would say find something that you're so interested in. You want to learn about it continuously because we don't really know what all the jobs of the future are. And if you keep learning, then you will always be well positioned. The other thing I uh, wanted to ask too is uh, what do you, like, where do you find interesting in Michigan? Like, do you go up north? Do you like festivals? What's like pure Michigan sort of question? So I grew up in the Western United States. And the, so the most interesting thing about Michigan to me is the amount of water that exists here. So, you know, when you look at natural resources, Michigan is extremely rich in water. And uh, I always like to say four out of five Great Lakes prefer Michigan. Um, it is, you know, there is there is so much water here. Um, there is, you know, there is rain almost every night in the summertime. And, you know, other parts of the country do not get to experience this. And so I think it's a great asset. Yeah, we've had some recently. We had some guests in from Saudi Arabia, and they were like shocked, but they had never been to a place with so much water before. Yeah, you know? it really, you know. It, but I, I would say, you know, one of the most important things about the American Center for Mobility is that the state of Michigan helped develop it in order to support the future of transportation in Southeast Michigan. 
you know, um, I talk to people from all over the place, um, especially California, and I hear that Michigan is steel on wheels. And, you know, I and I say, well, you know, I've, I don't see that where I am on a day to day basis. And so, you know, we're doing a lot of future automotive work here, but I don't think it's always obvious to people who are outside the industry and outside of Michigan um, around the type of technology that we are working on. So I, I think that the state of Michigan making the investment in the American Center for Mobility and making the investment uh, to 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 help get us started you know, is the state of Michigan announcing to the world that it is serious about future transportation. And so we exist as part of this big ecosystem that includes the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification, you know, that includes the MEDC, that includes Michado, that includes all of our economic development partners, such as Spark or the Detroit Regional Partnership. And, you know, and of course, you know, the Ypsilanti Township where, where, where we are located and everyone is working on a piece of it. And, you know, we are all great collaborators in the state of Michigan, which is something that I don't think is true for every place in the United States. Well, I just want to say you put that pretty well. If someone was in the legislature when this stuff was being crafted, because, you know, often that other states will say things like that for federal dollars, too, sometimes. Right. So it's not just because they don't know what's going on. They just don't want to act like they're really is competition here. And so they find out the hard way. Um, but anyway, I, I want to thank you very much again for our guest today, Angela Flood. You're the Director of Business Planning at the American Center for Mobility. And you did a great job today, Angela. Thanks a lot for taking time to do it with us today. Oh, well, thanks a lot for speaking. Thanks a lot for speaking with me, Ed. I really appreciate it and love the podcast. Ah, thank you. Thanks. Join us next week where our guest will be Heather Lanier, She's the Chief Operating Officer at NBS Commercial Interiors, a steel case premier partner and some opportunities where the future of workplace and hybrid might be heading. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.